Now I'm joined by Jared Howland, public affairs consultant and former senior government advisor and Ali Ryan, entrepreneur and founder of Goss.ie. Uh, folks, you're very welcome. Thank you for taking the time to come in of a Saturday morning. Although, <laughs> frankly, given the weather forecast, what else would you be doing today? It has to be said. Um, we were speaking earlier on to Financine about the um, expenses and SIPO and all of that, which started squarely in the Fine Gael wheelhouse and it has now spread like a virus across mm. to Sinn Féin and there is a plague on everybody's houses. Jared, I remember years ago speaking to a senior politician who I thought was staring at a, a political slam dunk on one of these issues and asked him why he didn't take the obvious slam dunk. And he said, you never go down this track because you never know who in your own party has got something in the closet mm. and you never know who across the... And it ends up causing exactly what we're now seeing. Do you think Sinn Féin regret going so hard on it? Well, I tell you, regret being caught in relation to their own issues. But if you have a Minister for Public uh, Expenditure who is the Minister for SIPO, the Minister for Rules and Regulations, whose own affairs are not in order, it will be a dereliction of duty. Uh, so, you know, th- this was not, not going to happen. End of story. So it's an over analysis afterwards to say that Sinn Féin regret shouldn't have, it could not not have. And the media would have done so regardless. Um, in relation to Sinn Féin, uh, I mean, their problem is, you know, technically it's about items of expenditure they did not declare. I think more broadly, however, they come across as a phenomenon in Irish politics we haven't seen since Charlie Hoy, which is there's an awful lot of money about and it's not clear exactly where it comes from. Um, and what the answer to that conundrum is, I'm not sure, but there is a perception. But to some extent, that has to be linked to another thing that is unique about Sinn Féin, which is of the modern political parties, they are the only one that are intrinsically part of an ideological movement. Mm. There are still people who want to fund the movement for which Sinn Féin is, is um, responsible or is at the vanguard in a way that doesn't apply to other political parties. Therefore, it shouldn't be surprising. Yeah, so what they have are levels of enthusiasm at grassroots level that poli- other political parties have in the past but just simply don't have at all. Uh, they're a shadow of their former selves. So that's certainly a, a base for financial support as well as political support. Uh, but over years, I have to say, in constituencies around the country, in general election, uh, other parties were looking at Sinn Féin and their expenditure and wondering how that expenditure fit within limits and ultimately what was the source of, of, of the funding. Now, whether that is bitter gossip, from people who are being left further behind in the trail of Sinn Féin's success or whether Alahoy, there is actually an issue about where does the largesse come from. Although surely you could point at the, as undoubtedly Sinn Féin would, you can point at fin, Fine Gael and say, well, don't you have the same issue with where the largesse is coming? And with, with evidence, it would appear that it comes in large part from fellow travellers who end up in positions of political influence, be that questionable or not. Yeah, and a coincidence, more than a coincidence, of Mr. Stone, uh, Pascal Donahue's benefactor, ending up in significant uh, state board positions. Of course, it adds up to a picture. The the reality is um, he got no benefit from being on those state boards. Did it sort of in some way enhance his standing? 
his influence, his capacity, his networking was not a form of soft power that accrued in other ways imperceptibly to him. Well, that's that's a judgment call that people have to make. There's a a line that Donald Trump quoted a lot in his uh, political rallies. It's the story of, you know, the the, the, um, parable of the woman who finds the snake and nurses it back to health. And when the snake gets well, it Mm. bites her. And as Mm. she dies of the venom, the snake says, well, you knew I was a snake when you took me in. Mm. Is there an element with this of it being more damaging to Fine Gael? Because the Fine Gael voter, in theory, will be offended by what they see as not being squeaky clean self-righteousness, whereas the the Sinn Féin voter will care less. I mean, if you accuse uh, sort of, you know, a a political party like Fianna Fáil or or, or Sinn Féin of skullduggery, they will blush and move on. Uh, If you accuse Sinn Féin or Fine Gael of of skullduggery, I I think they are mortified because their whole modus operandi, their whole being, uh, their own internal culture is they are better than the rest. They do have an inherent air of moral superiority because it is they who come to the rescue of the state periodically after others mess mess it up. Um, and uh, so th- there, there isn't an, uh, something of their culture that is um, it's a bit laughable, frankly. Uh, but uh, yeah, they do. They are afflicted more with mortification than others. Well, this then goes, Ali, to the front of the Irish Independent because it relates to a, a text that has come in and, and has been repeated. There's a sort of a, a theme among the text and 53106 at a cost of 30 cent if you want to get in touch with the show. But a lot of people saying what is worrying people at home is the gas bill. It's mm. the mortgage. It's the cost of living. It's inflation. It's housing. It's rent. They couldn't give a rat's about mm. all of this and would prefer if the political system was dedicated to the things that matter to them. I think more people are concerned with their own personal spending than what's being spent. Um, but yeah, it is difficult, I think, because Sinn Féin as well, the way they convey themselves is that they're for the people and that's all that matters. But there's a lot of questions to be answered by them as well. And I agree with you, Anton, what you were saying earlier on. Like, you know, that biblical term, you know, don't cast the first stone unless you're without sin. Like, why they pushed it so hard? Um, and totally, Jared, what you're saying it was going to come out anyway, but I don't understand why they didn't get their stuff in order first because anyone who's going to shine a light on this is going to have it reflected back. I think we know now after decades of this that there's always something that's not properly declared. Um, but I do think it takes away from the issues that are actually going on in this country that people genuinely care about, which is the living crisis, the, ho- the, li- the housing crisis. I don't know if people really care that much. I think they would just rather this got sorted and we went back to the more important issues not how many people stuck up a few you know posters does it re- personally to me it doesn't really affect my day to day life it, it, it bothers me that that's where money is going but let's get back to the real issues like this is just a you know a little argument between people going back and forth and the doll shouting at each other like when I Although, look at it it seems so futile compared to the bigger 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 problems that are going on who does this actually help in the community I wonder is there a, is there a thing um, Jared, that people will say where they will look at it and say you have to be absolutist about this because if you don't draw a line somewhere it isn't that long before you find yourself back in a situation where people are stealing from liver transplant funds to pay for their shirts that you have to say we must be absolutely squeaky clean around things like expenses and costs for political parties. So there are two contexts to this one was immediately before this issue arose which was in relation to then Minister of State Damien English the 
fact that he uh, said in an application form in 2014 in, in, in his housing situation that he didn't have an existing residence. He got a planning permission, which was a significant material benefit to himself. He lost his job. It was a major issue. So that was immediately before this. So that's the context in terms mm. of atmosphere. And there's another context, which is the tribunals, uh, which uh, was really all about the lack of transparency in terms of the travel of money but uh, to, to politicians from business. And the rules are in place to ensure that if you give money, and there's nothing wrong with giving money to politics or politicians, I would argue it's patriotic. But it has Would you? I would. You wouldn't be in favour of a, a total state funding no, to try to separate it's, 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 business it's, and influence from politics? No, because what state funding does is invents another problem, which is hugely empowers incumbency against new parties, new politics who want to break through and break mm-hmm. in. Uh, in uh, state funding is all about mollycoddling and cotton wooling the status quo. And about 13 million was spent last year. Because I and know by there's the way, calls Barack now Obama, for to be pulled. You know, he, his campaign, which was all about huge numbers of small amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of patriotic giving. And by the way, if you are very rich and you give a lot of money, it's not necessarily wrong, provided your name, address and the amount and to who and from, etc. is clearly on the public record. So that it is possible to draw a yes. direct connection between anything that therefore flows subsequently. Of course, it's amazing when you look at the American system. You mentioned Barack Obama. When you look at the American system where they have effectively enshrined corruption as part of the system, that you can literally give wads of cash mm. for the express intention of influencing policy. Amazing. Anyway. Their funding parties are mad over yeah. there. Like, it's a whole different world. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. Other stuff making news. And one of the things that is making, I think, is, is getting an awful lot of attention um, and not necessarily front pages of the papers but it's the thing that a lot of people are talking about is Enoch Burke standing stoically outside a school from which he has been dismissed. Uh, Ali, I'm, I think back to um, his, his namesake and if, if nominative determinism is anything we have 360 more years of this to go and possibly <laughs> eternity. Is this achieving anything? I don't know. I think for him, he he is so strong that he is not in the wrong and that he is right and he'll be proven right, that he wants to keep showing face. Hilarious that his dad has to drive him to the school every day. But it's important to remember that there is going to be a high court case about this and it, it, it does all revolve around constitutional rights. But it's a tricky one as someone who studied constitutional law because when constitutional law cases all to do with the balance. So he obviously feels that his personal right to express his religion is going to win out. But I really don't think it's going to because especially when there's schools and there's policies, cases like this have gone before the High Court before. There was one in 2008 um, where a child, the question came up whether a child could wear their hijab to school or not. And the Minister for Education basically said, we're going to have a policy of no policy, as in it's up to the schools. So in... Enoch's employment contract it would clearly state that whatever their policy is it has to be followed so but hang on a minute Enoch found himself in this position for being in breach of a high court order rather than for anything mm. to do with his religious beliefs well the where this all originated from the reason he has the high court order is because of his beliefs well the school would argue the reason that he has the high court order is because of the manner in which he addressed his principle publicly yeah, rather than the underlying beliefs but this is what he's arguing though and this is what he's going to argue when he's in the high court so I think that's why he keeps going back because he doesn't feel like he's in the wrong he thinks he's right which you're saying yourself it's like stubborn because that's what it is and there's a lot of hate I see online just giving out that the paparazzi or the photographers shouldn't be at the school that they're basically egging him on to keep showing up every day but I actually think he would show up every single day anyway because until this fight is truly over I don't think he thinks it's over I think he thinks 
there's another case everything's going to be working out that he has a right to be there and stand there but he really doesn't It's going to go on for a while Jared, isn't it because like, by the time all of the various different because uh, there's appeals in relation to the employment decisions there's appeals in relation to the high court actions there's requests for injunctions there's, today there's a modification mm. from Wilson's Hospital School in relation to their injunction it takes a long time for the legal system to watch through is he going to stand outside the school through all that? He may and I think where he is coming from Ali I think put this way, it's about his beliefs and with those beliefs if you're in that mindset, is a duty to resist uh, the state when the state is ungodly. Mm. There's a tradition of Protestantism going back to John Knox, to John Calvin, that imposes a duty on the godly to resist the sinful state or the sinful But is the issue the not methodology and, rather than resistance? Well, the, the, the duty... One can express their beliefs in a civil way, surely? Well, the, the, uh, re- expressing those beliefs went to the point of cutting off the king's head in the case of Charles the <laughs> That's more drastic. There is a whole stream, if not in fact a deep river, uh, of such Protestantism in Northern Ireland where so-called loyalism is completely conditional on, on the government being, being godly uh, and, and so on. This is what the Ulster League and Covenant mm. w- was all about. And because we're in a circular mind state, as well as a circular state, you know, we are dead to that world. And what of the argument that the media is fueling this and the media is is causing it by giving it attention? Well, he sat in jail for over 100 days, I think, and there wasn't a paparazzi in the prison. There's a lot of coverage, though. A lot of coverage, and I'm sure it is uh, fueling the thing, and I'm sure it is taken as a a reason to keep going. Um, But this comes from a sense of duty, and the duty comes from righteousness, and the righteousness comes from God. And religious, can I just say religious natural law, which I all studied this year, mm. uh, they believe that bad law isn't real law. So like people who yeah, have so yeah. strong beliefs that genuinely he will not care that he has to pay these fines because he doesn't believe that it's real. It's it's not in his belief, so it can't be real law. So I think that's why he's still doing this. I do think he feels that someday he's going to get a bit of retribution on this. but and Which is in essence what he has said in respect of the judgments that he regards yeah. them as So as why go home and sit there if he feels like he's not in the wrong? I mean... I think it's mental, but no. in his mind, I do see what what he's trying to do. He doesn't think he's done anything wrong. He's going back to work every but day. But I suppose it's one of those things with, with all religions that from whatever, if you do not share that religious belief, you have to, by definition, regard it as unfounded. I mean, most religions look at other religions and have in their deep in the dogma, you mm. are wrong because But of then also in Irish schools under the employment contract, it does really state a lot about religion. And for example, there's a lot of non-religious teachers or specifically religious teachers that teach other religions or help children do the Holy Communion so you just you're, it's a part of your job so it's an employment issue it's a constitutional law issue there's probably going to be a bit of a civil issue now as well so I think we have a lot of cases to keep going And, and the judgment Enoch um, is presumably concerned most about is the last judgment which again, if we go back to his namesake, you know, yes. he's a, there's a high bar set yes, in how yes. that goes. 53106 at a cost of 30 cent if you want to get in touch with the show. That was Jared Howland, public affairs consultant and Ali Ryan, entrepreneur and founder of Goss.ie. After the break, we'll be talking about air fryers and the general uselessness of them and their ilk.